Welcome to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. And we're now doing News Plus Sports. There's no orange man bad, war good, uniparty mantra here. Red Pill Plus. Red Pill Plus. Sports Plus News. Done right. All right, welcome to the Red Pill Plus podcast. Have a very, very special guest today. And believe me, folks, we have had quite the adventure to get together. But he's here, and that's Tim Rivers, and he is with the American Gulag Chronicles. And Tim Rivers is a former IT executive, retired. And by the way, you look too young to be retired, Tim, but uh, nonetheless... (laughs) And then as a writer, has a new project coming out. We're just so thankful. And I am thankful for somebody that along with the other people working with him, and he'll talk about them, that he is keeping what I believe is the, the, the biggest travesty in modern recent history. And that is the January 6th political prisoners. Tim Rivers, so thankful to have you today. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you, sir. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Anytime we get to talk about this, uh, I'm, I'm up for it. Awesome. So, awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this, how God really just kind of, and I was reading on the Chronicles, uh, and you can find Tim at Gitter and Gab and Truth and X. It's all J- J6 Patriot News. Is that right? That, and uh, you can also find me at Furious Tim. Just search on Furious Tim. You'll find us everywhere. And um, P6 Patriot News is our home base where you can follow what goes on with uh, with the prisoners and the letters. And, you know, we've grown so much. When you asked me how I got started in this, it was well, that's how I got started. I worked a little election integrity, bumped into the same people on Telegram that were working with the J6ers. And knowing what I had discovered about the election, I realized these people were, were really victims and I... I should have been out there with them, perhaps. And I started working with these folks called Patriot Mail Project, you know, PatriotMailProject.com on the on the web. And basically, they're they're from the Bundy's era, you know, when uh, BLM land management was was trying to throw people off land and having shootouts with people on their ranches. And all those folks got sent to prison. The Patriot Mail Project established a, a letter writing campaign to keep them in contact with the Patriots who. We're trying to sustain them through hey, these Tim, Stop right there. Um, Go, run back real quick, because uh, I don't think very few people knows that right there. That this, the, the uh, kind of reiterate the, the the genesis of this this project goes clear back to the land grab of the FBI. It does. The Patriot Mail Project does indeed. Wow. Um, and. It, it, it basically sustained the Bundys and all of the other uh, people, including folks you might have heard of, you know, podcasters today, like Pete Santilli, was one of the original Bundy defendants. And people don't know that. How wow. many folks were actually snapped up just for talking about it. Good. Um, just like you and I are doing right now. So, um, and, and through that project, I, I chose the J6 prisoner at random because it was reactivated on July 4th of 2021 for the January 6th. And I've stopped calling them prisoners. I've started calling them hostages. But I, I, I noticed that, and I love. I call them political prisoners. Hostages is much more appropriate because prisoners have rights, and these gentlemen and ladies have been denied their rights. And so, to get back to that, I randomly chose a J six prisoner. Didn't know who they were. Just got a name out of the hat at the PatriotMailProject.com. I wrote this gentleman, and the letter I got back. Um, 
well, that just changed my life. I, I was a retiree. I already did all my 30-some-odd years in the system and was kind of like looking forward to it. And this just, uh, between the election and what was in that letter, I tell people there that all of us probably have some somewhere in our DNA, we have something called a patriot gene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and something may happen in your life that brings that gene to life. And when it does, you will never be the same. This, uh, this deal found you, didn't it? It did. Wow. It absolutely did. And I, wow. we can call it providence. We can call it anything we want. The reality of it is it was a life changer. Wow. Um, and I've, I've formed a, a, a long relationship with this. And my wife and I adopted this individual, took care of him for the last two and a half years. He is still in prison without trial. And the, the, the reason it drove me in here is because this gentleman is an American war hero. He's a 22-year retired Green Beret and 10-year state operative doing very dangerous work protecting, you know, political personnel in bad places around the world. And never been arrested, beautiful family man, believes in God, three times decorated in battle, and he's sitting in a prison without trial for two and a half years, and he sits there still today. Uh, Not that it matters whatsoever to him. And I I hate to cut you off, but I I can already hear some people saying, well, how violent was he? Which we know a lot of that is total bunk. But so just speak to what he actually did on that day and then move forward, if you don't mind. Yeah, he was he was in that West Tunnel where where Roseanne Bolin was beat to death. Okay. Um, And what happened in that? We're beginning to release all these videos. Now, finally. The things that we that they've been telling you in their letters in this book that I released and, and on our, our website at j6patriotnews.com, you can go out there, go to the letters from prison under the blogs and read these people's letters. They tell you first person why they went and what happened to them. The story of the West Tunnel was that there were a few officers guarding that entry and they fell back into the rear of the tunnel. And when they did, there was no barrier in the front. The crowd surged into the tunnel. And when they reached the end of the tunnel, out of nowhere, the Metro PD arrived in full battle gear and began to compress the crowd backwards. The problem was there were a million people behind them, and there was nowhere to go. And they were literally suffocating people to death with the press. And and when people fell to the ground, they could not get up because they were being trampled. And that's basically what happened to a number of people there, Tommy Tatum and, unfortunately, Roseanne Boylan. And during this altercation, the police are beating them with batons, spraying them with pepper spray. Basically, if you watch the videos, it's, it's horrific. It, it really is. And if you listen to the narrative, they would tell you that these people attacked the police. But the reality of it is, is that the police attacked them. Mm-hmm. And they did what anybody would do. And Jeff did what anybody would do. He came to the defense of people who were being injured by the police and tried to defend them and himself once he got into the Malay. And that is a story about almost everybody, with very few exceptions, everybody who has been charged with violence, that was the circumstance. They were defending themselves or others against a brutal assault by the police in contravention of their own policy. Wow. Wow. So once you, you write this guy, just kind of feel like I need to do something. You write this guy, what, what happens next after you write this guy, you get his letter back and, and it changes the course of your life. 
It does. It, it makes me wonder why I'm sitting here enjoying that. How can I sleep in my bed when this American war hero is sleeping on a one-inch piece of foam on a concrete mattress? How? And he wasn't alone. Well, he was not alone. I, I wrote more of these people, and I got more letters back, and I began to understand what was happening here, and it was very scary. I'm a senior. Uh, I'm, I'm close to 70. I'm not going to tell you how much. And I have... I have children in their 40s and 50s, and they have children. How can you go to your grave knowing that you've done nothing? How will you look in these children and these grandchildren's eyes and explain to them why you let this happen without resisting? And so we begin to support these people. We begin, my wife and I adopted three veterans in the D.C. Gulag, which is what we call the Department of Corrections CTF facility, an abandoned prison location within D.C. that's run by the mayor that had been abandoned due to basically unsuitable services, I guess a good way to say it. Um, the place was un- uninhabitable, and it had been abandoned for a number of years, and this is where they put all the prisoners from January 6th. Uh, no running water, black mold flying out of the air vents and landing on your food. The staff was biased. Uh, they, their food would arrive with chemicals sprayed on them. Uh, I, could, I could tell you all these things, but I just urge you to go to that website again, j6patriotnews.com, go to my interview section. Let them tell you in their own voice from my jailhouse interviews. Wow. Let them let them explain it to you so you don't listen to me or anybody else telling it to you. Get it from the horse's mouth. And when you read these letters in this book, that's what you're going to be getting is first-person testimony. You don't have to listen to the January 6th committee. You don't have to watch edited video. You don't have to listen to the lies of mainstream media. Listen to the people who were there. Man, what is probably the biggest exposure, if that's if that's the right way to say it, the largest exposure? I'm just thinking, man, you you know, uh, you, you've got to be interviewed by Tucker Carlson, by Laura Logan, some of these that are, I know she's doing the J6 uh, stuff. Have you been exposed to any of that media on that scale? Or has it been mostly just podcasts? I mean, has it been a Joe Rogan or Tim Pool or anybody like that, that you've been able to get, you know, have their megaphone uh, voice in this? Not really. No, my, not myself. Now, uh, you know, I'm a smart guy. I'm a retired IT executive from IBM. And I figured I kind of know a little bit about business. But when it comes to nonprofits and when it comes to the heart of this, I needed more brains than my own. And so I drafted the luminaries of the January 6th support community. David Simrall from StopHate.com, Marie Goodwin, who's my editor, who runs J6 Patriot News with me. Um, I had some amazing people volunteer to join a board of directors that I formed for a nonprofit so that all of the proceeds from these books would go to this nonprofit, which cares for the J6 families and the dependents. Um, and that's why this is such an important product, because the book is about message. It's, it's their message to America. But the money that you pay for the book goes to help them, goes to help their families, goes to help them survive this ogrom against conservative thought and patriotic belief. Um, and, and so as the letters begin to pile up, I'm, I'm under urging from my wife and Marie and a number of other people, we had to do something more than just publish them in Telegram. And so we formed a book of 35 of these individuals out of the hundreds that had been arrested and jailed. And we told their life story in that one year from September of 2021 through September of 2022 through their letters and their art and their stories. And, you know, you hear about um, 
You hear about solitude bringing forth theophany. Those of you who don't know what that means, it's direct contact with God. And and a feeling of uh, empowerment and purpose. Well, that's what happens to these people in these prisons. The government wants to grind them into dust like lumps of coal. But all they have done is succeeded in making diamonds. Wow. And these men have a faith that is just unbreakable. Um, they formed their own prayer group. They asked as pa- denied pastoral care for two years. They act as pastors to each other. They brought people to salvation within their group. They prayed, they worship together, and they hold faith with their country. And that is what's amazing. They are the American Uyghurs. They are. Wow. And every time I think about it and I, I get to thinking about it and, and periodically on my podcast or on, on X, I'll, I'll say, don't forget the J6, you know, and, and, and I'm going to use, uh, I say political prisoners, but I'm using hostages now. So what is the greatest thing that you think we out here, what is the single greatest thing that we could do? Because I, I'm going to tell you, I think this, when we look back in history, this may be the darkest moment in American history. It's what has been done to these hostages of their own, uh, the hands of their own government. These men are in a physical gulag. But those of you who are listening to us right now, you're in a, a virtual gulag. Gulag 2.0, I'm calling it. Your cell phone tracks you as accurately as a DOJ wristband. Your voices, your emails, all of your communications, they're just as easily censored and monitored as these men in prison. Your rights are as much at risk as the liberties that they have lost. And what I see from these people who persevere is they urge you to put down your fear because that's what this is all about. This is all about bringing fear so that you will not resist. You will not speak out. You will not go to the next rally. You will not take a sign and stand at your corner. You will not speak with your neighbor or stand up in church and give testimony. That is what this is about. And these men and women who are fearless, they urge America to find that patriot gene, to go past the fear and into the necessity of what Americans must do as duty to secure liberty and justice for our children and grandchildren. And that's their message, and I urge you all to read it. If you go to lettersfromprison.us, I'll let you look at the first 14 pages of the book, have at it, enjoy it, read those messages, just letters in there, I know it's first pages, you read that one, it, it may set you on fire too, it may turn you into Furious Bob or Furious Jane, because you turned me into Furious Tim. Wow. And, and this is what we do, I'm with a gigantic community, I mentioned that board of directors, Davidson Rawl, and these great people who have been in this fight a long time. And like me, they don't have lives anymore. They have this fight, this desire to make sure that we save the Republic and that we save these men and women and that we sustain their families and and keep faith with them. Uh, And that's what you can do, America. You can support them directly. I urge you to go, here's an easy one, less than a buck. Go to PatriotMailProject.com, do like I did. Look for one from your state. Look for a prisoner in your state. I got 128 defendants from my state. My state has the largest number of January 6th defendants in the nation, Florida. Mm. And Texas is right behind us. So find one for your state. Write a prisoner for Christmas. Tell them they are not forgotten. And then just relate your normal everyday life to them because that's what they crave. 
the connection with the Patriot family, the connection with normality in life, because these are the men and women that you play golf with, that you work with, that, that helped you as a policeman, that came to your aid as a natural guardman. These are the cross-section of America. And when you read their stories and their bios and you see who they are, I think it'll dawn on you that, that you have to do something, too. What was probably the biggest lie about January 6th? Policemen died. Nobody died. No cops died. Four protesters died. No policemen died. No policemen went to the emergency room with vital injuries. Nobody was in critical care. No policemen died, period. Four protesters died. One was murdered by gunfire. One was beaten to death by an insane, enraged Capitol Police officer, Lila Morris. The other two were hit with exploding munitions and died of heart attacks and shock. That's who died. And that's the myth. Wow. I know this is a slippery slope, but I I have to ask it. And if you don't want to answer it because you're trying to raise money and you, you need everybody, but... I hear a lot of people, especially people that want to see President Trump not succeed going forward, and they will blame him for not, you know, not doing what he could on his, in his last days in office because he was denied his second term, I, I personally believe. And so they will blame him for not, I guess, what, what were the word exonerating or, or freeing the January 6th? But I, I got to think about this in anticipation of this interview. And I got to, I've not done the research I need to do, but I wanted to ask you this question again. You answer it like you want. I'll be respectful to your answer or non-answer. And that is... It seems like they purposely didn't charge them because they knew if they would have charged them, he would have pardoned them. Where would I be wrong on that? Or what do you do or not want to say about that? Do, do I, you say or not I personally, say? I personally agree with you. I think that the, uh, the original, there are only a few very public original arrests, Jake Chansley and a couple of other people who were there present and they were able to lay hands on. Um, most everybody else walked away. It was after the inauguration that the FBI began to make these um, these brutal assaults on on citizens' homes in the in the early morning hours with armed incursion vehicles, with twenty to thirty agents, with ARs with lasers pointed at people, families drug into the street. This was the Stasi at their best, and and nobody would expect that from the FBI. But that's what happened. And once again, you don't believe me. I even got videos of it on our website. Go out there and look at these interviews. Watch the videos of all these police officers surrounding somebody's house and dragging them out as if they were ISIS. Uh, and these are veterans. Most of these people were veterans, by the way. 27% of the original group arrested. And there's only 7% of veterans in the U.S. So why would the government arrest four times that population number? Those veterans raised a hand and they took an oath. And then they showed up on January 6th. So I think this is a, I think Trump could not have done much more. I think he has maybe lately been more vocal about what he will do if he wins. Uh, my personal opinion is if he doesn't win, I'm headed for the woods. I don't think this nation can survive another four years of, what, of, of the three, like the three we're experiencing right now. We almost don't have a country. And I, I don't think we could find anybody else with the tenacity, with the hand of providence, and, and with the willpower 
to bring us back to center that has stepped to the stage so far. Uh, excuse me, I just haven't seen it. And so my personal opinion is that he will do a lot. If he, if he comes back as our President 47, he will be pardoning or commuting sentences. He will be taking them case by case. And, and if there is not overt violence or violence that was intentional, uh, which, which, by the way, almost I only know of a few people who I could really say were, were intentionally violent that day. Um, the rest were, re- were reactively violent. I think if, if that happens, that America could begin to heal from this. But I believe from, from working in the J6 community and seeing how far it has spread and the collateral damage, how deeply it has gone in the family, community, business, church, I think there will be a requirement for retribution. And I say that in all honesty, that, that vengeance is not ours to take, but there must be justice. There must be a balance of the scale. And so I, I cannot agree more. That. I, do, I do not think partnering them is enough. I think the people that have done this, Republicans and Democrats that have been complicit, beginning with the January 6th committee, with uh, FBI agents, uh, especially FBI uh, brass uh, and and Metro Police, on and on, uh, Capitol Police, D.C. Metro. I I think a public display uh, and uh, an airing of how brutal and how vicious and how punitive they have been, it must be a public example. And I already hear it, and you do too, because I, I know how to listen for the dog whistle. And I hear people saying, oh, I'm afraid if he becomes president, he's going he's gonna to show vengeance. Heck yeah, he's going to show vengeance, and he should, you know. Um, and, and when I say vengeance, we know that vengeance is God's, but justice is, uh, you know, man. God has put man in, in place to met out justice, and I believe justice needs to be met. I, I I wholly agree with you, and I and and I am in concert with those who feel that prayer, the power of prayer, is a power here. But I advise you all to read your Bible because Joshua did not conquer on his knees, and neither did Moses. They prayed, then they, you know, I, I heard, I heard a, one of our Spanish pastors, we have three Spanish congregations, and one of our Spanish pastors uh, preached a message that changed my life. And he said, you know, yeah, God turned the water to wine, but he asked those folks to put dirty water in the pots. And, you know, our efforts are like dirty water to find wine, but... God takes our efforts, the efforts of a Tim Rivers, the effort, the efforts of the J6 uh, Patriot Project and uh, the, the American Gulag Chronicles. And he uses those efforts as feeble and as heartfelt as they may be in, in the totality. But he multiplies that. And that dollar that you mentioned and that letter written, and I want to encourage every listener, I want to, I want to encourage every person that has a podcast to have this man or somebody like him on. And every person give at least something uh, and write a letter and not just give money, but to encourage these people. Because what you said, Tim, I think is the takeaway of this entire segment. And that is, I think COVID, all of it is to produce or induce fear upon the citizenry. I believe that is 
that that is the mandate of this uh, globalist uh, anti-liberty movement. If you've donned the armor of God, then you need not fear. We all are going to die. Ten out of ten of us are going to die, folks. <laughs> Let's just get right to it. Ten out of ten. Nobody gets out of this alive. So, you know, people ask all the time, what are you willing to die for? But I want to ask you, what are you willing to live for? Yes. What, what, what are you willing to do for yourself, for your children, for the future, for your country? Set down your own cares and pick up those of another. And I guarantee you, um, your reward will be multiplied uh, endlessly. I tell people over and over again when I read these letters, you know what the theme is? It always, every single letter, I don't care which letter I'm reading, it always ends the same way. Thank you so much for writing to me and remembering Hawaii. Mm. That is the gratitude. So if gratitude was currency, these people who produce these letters would be millionaires. And I urge all of you to get rich. <laughs> Man, I, I just feel so privileged that our paths crossed because I have felt so strong about this. But I have to be honest, I've not... I've not done anything. I've prayed for them, and I, I request prayer in church for them, and I pray for them personally. But I have to get off of my knees, and I have to do something. And the American Gulag Chronicles and the J6, the January 6 Patriot Project has given us this opportunity. Can, can you just share here in the last two or three minutes, again, where they need to go, what they can do to make the, the most profound impact, both immediately, especially right around Christmas, for these prisoners and their families, and then long-term, maybe short-term, immediate, mid-term, and then long-term, what can we do to encourage, help, strengthen, finance, etc. cetera, what, what you all are doing and these hostages. We have a children's, uh, a children's fund drive. This is our third year trying to support the children of the families of J6ers. We started with about 30. Last year we had 56. I have over 150, and I am really bereft of funds. Where You can go to patriotmailproject.com, click the Christmas drive, and I give a donation. We do gift cards for the families so that they can have a decent Christmas and food and, and hopefully some gifts for their children who are bereft from their families. There's also a great 12 days of Christmas auction going on right now. Amazing stuff. Pictures by Trump authorized artists. Here's a, there's a, a Patriot Bible in there that's been signed by all of the hostages in DC. Um, and again, that is charity auctions and look for the uh, 12 days of Christmas or go to j6patriotnews.com and you can find a, a fast path to it there. Lettersfromprison.us is how you get to the book. The second book is out. The first book was called Letters from Prison. The second book is called Art of Confinement because these people have discovered the art of faith, the art of endurance, and the art of fealty, and they're going to teach it to you in their letters in this second book. But pay attention because there's a test at the end. And this is destiny asking us, are we fit to be a free people again? And only you can answer that question. Get involved. I'm going to give you a number. Are you ready? 202-224-3121. That is your congressional switchboard. Why aren't you on the phone? Talk to your congressman. Tell them, release the J6 hostages. Release the videos. Bring America back to center. Give that number again if you don't mind. 202 
224-3121. Ask for your congressman or just give them your zip code and they'll get you there. Wow. Man, I got a lump in my throat, man. I'm just... Uh... I cry every time I read my own book. Does that tell you anything? <laughs> so it's okay. It's, it, these are emotional letters. I tell you people, if you make it through the first quarter of this book and you don't need a handkerchief, I owe you a soda. These men, these are not my words. These are their words. I just introduced them. And they are asking you, this is your mail, America. Please open it. Man, I, I can't thank you enough. I'm, I'm just so thankful for you. Thankful for what you're doing. Thankful for everything that everyone is doing and what everyone that is listening here today is going to do immediately in the aftermath and in the distant future. And I can safely say that this has been a a profound 30 minutes for me, and I can't thank you enough, Tim. Well, thank you for having me on. I'll close with the line that I visited with my friend Jeremy Brown, another Green Beret, Jay Sixer, who's incarcerated here in Florida. And he always closes with this one, America, don't do nothing. Mm, I can't think of a better way to end this. Thank you, Tim. Thank you you so much. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. Sports Plus News done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus. And check the website at docwashburn.com slash redpill. <laughs>